I think I took things very slow and was very calculated and really did reach out to people that inspired me to find out some things that would save time in my journey. How do you go from a background in graphic design to a career in pizza? It all starts with a backpacking trip to Australia, which leads to love and then ultimately settling in Calgary. Not exactly the world's greatest pizza town, but one that embraces new ideas, and Mike Lang certainly has plenty of them. The story behind Noble Pie, straight ahead. Straight fried pepperoni. I need a deep dish pepperoni and a thin sausage to go. Can I get two cheese of ours and one uh, Detroit? Can I get one large pet, one large sausage, and one large pet special? This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA, The Ultimate Chicago Pizza Guide, and founder of Pizza City Tours and Pizza City Fest. And welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us for another edition of Pizza City. Uh, as I mentioned on our last show, I was in Calgary, uh, Alberta, for a couple of days during the annual Terroir Symposium last month. And while I did spend some time with Connie D'Souza and John Jackson, they were subjects of our last show, Connie and John's Pizza, I also had heard about Noble Pie there in downtown Calgary. And boy, am I glad I went there as well. Such an impressive couple of pies we had. Uh, We got there right when they opened in the afternoon. There was already a small line forming. Funny enough, um, a couple of folks from Chicago recognized me. Uh, We started chatting, and we ended up sitting down together and sharing a couple of pizzas because normally I'm by myself, and so it was great to try a couple of different pies, a red and a white. Um, On the way out, I left my card to see if hopefully the owner would get in touch so I could interview him before I left town. Mike Lang did respond, and fortunately, I got to go back two days later. So we started off, as we always do, asking our guest about their first pizza memory. My earliest pizza memories are Friday night pizza nights, and specifically it was Byron Pizza, which is a local independent shop. They bake their pies in a Baker's Pride gas deck oven, thin crust. Nothing particularly special about their pizza, but uh, it did the trick. Those were the best days, I mean, leading into the weekend, ending the, the school week. Where was that? What town? Uh, London, Ontario. Okay, so that's outside of Toronto? Yeah. It was a thin pie. It wasn't cut into wedges. It was um, triangular cut. How'd you get from London to Calgary, and, and where did this pizza thing come from? I heard there's an interesting story. Yeah, so London to Calgary, I was traveling... Um, in Australia just backpacking with a friend and while traveling I met Leslie and she's from Calgary so Leslie and I started dating and we did a long distance for a little while eventually I moved out here in 2007 and uh, we're still together to this day and we actually run the restaurant together it's good you met a fellow Canadian though that made things a little easier for citizenship right <laughs> yeah a lot closer no green card necessary yeah. exactly yeah and when I traveled out to Calgary I loved it out here it's being so close to the mountains and it's a beautiful city so when did you come out here it was 2007 okay so are you sort of assessing the the scene are you thinking like I'm gonna go into the, the gas and energy business because that's big out here or you're committed to going into the food business what was your plan I didn't have a background in food um, back then I was into graphic design And I kind of followed a route where I ended up being a production manager for a commercial printing plant. So nothing to do with food, but I didn't love it. It was probably around 2008, 2009. 
I started just tinkering around at home. And so we would buy pre-made crusts and top it. And, it, you know, we loved that. It was, it was good back in the day. And then I started uh, making my own dough just using a recipe I found online. Uh, I think it was like Wolfgang Puck's recipe with <laughs> a little bit of honey and uh, a Finish lot of for smoked salmon. Or exactly. And then what really changed things for me, I, I bought Nancy Silverton's cookbook. And seeing the pictures of her pies, it just kind of blew me away. I, I hadn't tried it at that point. I still haven't had her pizza. But something about the look of the pizza really captured me. And her recipe was pretty complex. It had a sponge. It had 86% hydration, so very tough to deal with. Um, I think there was barley, barley malt and uh, wheat germ and stuff in it. So it was a challenge to kind of master that recipe. So I, I became obsessed with trying to to make that recipe work. And eventually I did, and I just started buying every book I could find on pizza. I also was deep diving into the pizza making forums online, which is just a, an amazing resource. So basically from that point on, I became just obsessed with pizza. Around that time too, my sister-in-law Kelly moved to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So that was around 2012. So Les and I would go every year and just hit up every pizza place that we could. When I would come home, I'd be just truly inspired. And so I have just notebooks where every time I'd make pizza, I would mark down what I did and any little tweaks that I did. And that went on for just years, um, making pizza for family and friends. Eventually, I wanted to get some experience in the kitchen, so I was moonlighting for Posto Pizzeria, which opened in around 2013. They're funny, they're just located around the corner from where we are right now. That was a great experience. I was there for seven months. I went to Mount Royal University just to take an entrepreneurship course to try to figure out what I wanted to do. Had you started an, uh, your starter at this point? No, nothing at that point. I was just researching and, and diving deep. So this is all moonlighting. You're not making any money from this. You're actually yeah. working somewhere else and doing this in your free time. Just for fun. It's just a passion thing. And then um, an opportunity came up to do a pop-up at uh, 88 Brewing Company that was opening in 2018. And it was a 100-seat tap room. They had a kitchen space. They didn't know what to really do with it at that time. And I was wanting to do something with pizza. So I was actually quite scared at the thought of doing a 100-seat tap room because it was just me and Les in the kitchen. And we were only doing about, I think, 40 pies a night. So it was me. I was stretching, topping, baking, doing all the prep, doing all the dough. And then Les was finishing and expoing the pizza. I remember the first night, it was just packed, the tap room. And we were just doing slices at that point in time. And I can only bake one pizza at a time. And so I had a pizza in the oven and I got a hole in it. So it just like fell apart in the oven. Pulled myself together, next pizza I launched, got a hole in that one too. And then the next one I got a hole. So I had literally a hundred chits probably on the board and I was just in it deep. And I had this moment where I just wanted to, to walk away. And I, I looked over and I met Les's eyes. So she, she was looking at me and said, you got this. And uh, I just put my head down and, and did it. No more holes in any pizzas the rest of the night. And I really just pulled it together at that point on and just every night. So we were just doing two nights a week. And then six months later, we opened up to four nights and I hired my first employee, quit my day job. It was just amazing. It was, it was a wild ride. We, had, we would have the full tap room and we were only doing, I think, 75 pizzas a night at that point. But people would wait two hours, sometimes three hours for a pizza. It was just crazy. Things really changed with COVID, obviously. So. Up until that point, we were just serving the tap room. There's no takeaway, there was no delivery or anything like that. So when we shut down, we were trying to figure out what to do. 
so we, we decided to open up doing curbside pickup and uh, <laughs> I thought it would be okay to just have two phone lines and have people call in their orders but when we did that there's just hundreds of people calling and uh, one of the phone lines died immediately so we had one phone line people were calling just hundreds of times trying to get our pizza so that was a complete nightmare but it was amazing at the same time and we were the first ones doing you know New York stylish pizza so it was 18 inches um, as opposed to what was common in Calgary up until that point it was mainly more 12 inch a lot of it was California inspired pizza or it's Greek style pizza has always been a huge thing here so if you're familiar with Greek style so pan pizza it always has a layer of cheese on top and then the toppings are under the cheese so it's, it's a heavy pie so we're the first ones doing you know the bigger 18 inch New York inspired pizza um, I've been dealing for years I've been trying to get Izo pepperoni because uh, I've been obviously had that in New York and was obsessed with it. And I was um, DMing Darren for, I think, two years. And then just by pure chance, he reached out to me a month before we were supposed to open as the pop-up. And he said, I'm, I'm going to be in town. And so I met with him and I was able to secure Ezo. And I don't think anyone in Western Canada had it at that point in time. So a week before we opened, I was able to get Ezo pepperoni and nobody had had that here yet. So doing the larger format. I, I was able to bring in hot honey too, Mike's Hot Honey from Brooklyn. You were, had a natural starter then at this point when you're doing it more regularly? I actually don't use a starter. I use uh, Poolish and then four to five days of cold fermentation. Okay, we're gonna talk more about the details in our next segment. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking to Mike Lang here at uh, Noble Pie in Calgary. Uh, we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Pizza City is brought to you by Grande Cheese. Any pizza maker will tell you, besides the crust, the cheese is the most important part of the pie. So why not use the best? Grande was founded in 1941 by Filippo Candela. He had moved to Wisconsin from Italy to pursue his passion for cheese making. He named the company Grande because it's the Italian word for greatness. Grande secures milk from local dedicated family farms. They work closely with them to help them monitor cow health and milk quality. Plus, their cheeses are all natural. That means their mozzarella has only four ingredients, pasteurized milk, cheese culture, salt, and enzymes. They produce a full line of Italian cheeses, not only part skim and whole milk mozz, but also ricotta, provolone, parmesan, and romano, sold as loaves, shreds, dices, and slices. Robert Garvey is the owner in Pizzaiolo at Robert's Pizza and Dough Company in Chicago. Named recently as one of the top 50 pizzerias in the world, he goes through thousands of balls of mozzarella every week. It's very creamy, touch of salt to it, it's got a nice flavor to it. It's the kind of cheese you can eat plain. It also complements all of my ingredients, it goes really well with my sauce. And what I really like about it is it melts well. I like the way it looks on the pizza, and I can tell if it's not grande just by, the, just by looking at the pizza and how it melts. So use the cheese the best pizza makers use. Request a sample at grandecheese.com or give them a call at 1-800-8-GRANDE. That's 1-800-8-G-R-A-N-D-E. Your pies will never look and taste so good. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're here talking with Mike Lang, uh, owner of Noble Pie in downtown Calgary. Michelangelo oven, the Coupone 1963. Uh, these are electric, obviously, and it looks like you have, you're able to control the ceiling and the deck. It goes up to 850 degrees Fahrenheit. We usually bake around 550, 600. 
Well, let's talk about the flower. Begin with the flower. You mentioned at the end of the last segment you, you work with a poolish, um, and I want to talk about your fermentation in a second, but tell me about the flower. Yeah, the flower, it's, I just use one flower. It's a strong Canadian bread flour, um, around 13% protein. Um, from Alberta? It's from the prairies, but it, it's not specified exactly where it's from. A lot of water? No, it's not super high hydration what I'm doing. It's in the mid-60s. Okay, and then tell me, like a bulk ferment, or do you portion, or what do you do? So, yeah, we use a poolish, and then we do a mix. At that point, we scale it, and then it goes into the fridge. We bag it, something I learned from Brian Spangler uh, from Pizza Shoals. And that's something I did at the, the brewery pop-up, because it allowed me to save some space because I could fit 12 dough balls on one sheet pan um, and also helps me control the temperature a little bit better so when I put in the walk-in it cools down faster that way and when I pull it out it actually warms up a little bit um, more evenly and quicker. So how long in the cooler? Day or two? No actually I push it four or five days typically which I know is a lot of people will say if you're doing a poolish you don't need to do that. I've experimented and I just like it like this it just works for me. You pulled one out here, I saw you pulled out of the bag, flowering the surface of his wooden peel, and you've got uh, your, your dough here, and boy, it looks so delicate, and there's so much air inside this, I can see it from here. So when we pull it from the fridge, I like to let it sit ideally for five to seven hours, depending on what the room temp is. I want it to be about room temperature by the time it's going in the oven. You're doing a nice, gentle, even press with your fingers, pushing the air to the edges. Um, but being pretty gentle and yet firm. And I can just see all the air pockets, all the little bubbles popping up around your fingers as you do that. Now here comes the hand stretch. Um, and this, boy, it takes about seven to eight seconds to get it to 18 inches you're looking for? Yeah, it's 18 inches. This one's a little bit tight, but yeah, we can do it pretty quick. Yeah, that four days, boy. Um, do you ever tell people, and I, I know nothing about science, but do you ever tell people who are celiacs or gluten intolerant that if you do a really long fermentation, that it's more likely to be able to be digestible? I try not to tell too many people that because everyone's so different with their gluten um, tolerance, but I have had a lot of people that do have uh, gluten intolerances that can eat our pizza and not be affected by it. That's great. I always tell people that too. That's generally the case. Um, but, you know, buyer beware. Um, okay, so now you've got it stretched to the edges here, and this looks like a little olive oil out of a squeeze bottle going just around the perimeter. Correct. This is actually something that I was inspired by Nancy Silverton doing. I just love the way that it, it, it kind of fries the crust just a little bit, so you get this uh, really nice crunch texture, but it still maintains a soft, chewy interior. Can we just explain what you did? So you had a brush and you brushed that oil just around the heel. Correct. It's about an inch or two wide and then you just added a little bit of sea salt? Yeah, Malden sea salt. Fancy stuff. Look at you. You can charge another quarter per <laughs> pizza for that, I bet. Okay, now the sauce, tomato sauce. A nice, generous ladle going in the middle and you're spreading it. Can you tell me about your sauce? So the sauce is a mix of uh, California tomatoes with um, Italian through a food mill. Any brands you want to mention? Uh, we use Stanislaus. And Alta Cucinas or? Yeah, they're Alta Cucina. We also use uh, Rega. Rega? For the Italian one, yeah. It's okay, and you added it to But it's just outside the San Marzano region. And you added a little bit to it? Yeah, so we Sicilian oregano, a little bit of olive oil, salt. So keep it really simple. Okay, this looks like a handful or two of Romano? It's a blend of Romano and uh, Grana. And then a big handful of shredded Mots? Yeah, it's a blend of two different mozzarellas. One of them is a little bit, bakes a little bit drier. The other one has a little bit more 
uh, fat and a little bit creamier. So. so like the part skim and a whole milk? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and the, you're just, again, you're not really measuring or weighing anything. You're just kind of eyeballing it and making sure there's even coverage all the way around, covering most of the sauce. And so I'm going to make a, a roni pizza right now, which is still our best seller. And it's kind of what I think kind of put us on the map when we first started out with the Izo pepperoni. So are these the Mama Lil's peppers? These ones aren't. These are just uh, banana peppers. So I had a job when I was a teenager at Pizza Hut. And uh, well, that's why there's a lamp out here. Exactly. I never liked pizza at pizza, to be honest with you, but I liked it when I would make one for myself. And so my go to is always pepperoni and banana peppers. I just love the way that the banana peppers cut through the pork fat and uh, just bring everything together. Now you are uh, laying, the, you're not really shingling it, you're just sort of laying it down, but you're being very meticulous about not leaving any space in between. First you went all the way around the perimeter, now you're going down the middle, and now you're going around the inside. It's almost like you're doing a Zamboni exactly. on an ice rink. I never thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. I'm in Canada, so come on, i got to have a hockey reference. Um, any idea how many individual circles of pepperoni you're going to be laying down on this yeah, pizza? It's about 100. All right, so launched into the Michelangelo, and you're at 548, 550? Correct, yeah. So it's going to be about a six-minute bake at this point. Um, All right, well, we'll take a quick break. Uh, musical interlude. When we come back, we'll have some pizza. I was just so impressed with Mike's uh, approach to this. He was pulling the pizza out with his peel. He'd look at the undercarriage, flips it 180 degrees, looks at the undercarriage. Checking the heel, um, does a little bit of a doming, uh, raising it to the ceiling a little bit. Now he's got the screen, and he's going to push, put it onto the screen, and he's going to pull it out. And that's just going to, um, so you don't want to overdo that because the bottom's done at this point. Yeah, it's done enough. God, that's gorgeous, and you're right. You, the the pepperoni is not overdone. It's it's curled, it's cupped. Maybe 20 percent, 25 percent of them have some char on them, but they're all baked and they're all cupping and but it's not overdone. You've got some charring on one side of the heel that's much more than the other, but it, that's what gives it this beautiful rustic uh, look. And now you're gonna just do a little bit of, uh, was it pepper and, oh no, herbs. Yeah, this is a Sicilian oregano. Do that and then I finish it with a little more granite padano and pecorino romano. Definitely like I would see um, Dom from Defara do that too and always love that, so. I, I just love all the name checking, you know, inspired by Spangler and Nancy and Dom and like. We can see this. Hanging up here too, it's a picture that I took at Defara. Oh yeah, look at that. Away from the oven, but it just captures like this moment in time that I oh. love. So when I'm working here and it, you're stressed out, you just kind of look at that and it reminds you of what you're doing it for in the first place. Wish you had that when you were doing that pop-up when you had three bad pizzas in a row. <laughs> I could have used it. Okay, so now he's removing it from the screen. Uh, it's been about a minute and a half, two minutes, and now he's got his big mezzaluna. He's cutting it into eights. Yep, eight slices. Those look pretty glorious, Mike. Slides it onto his tray, and... You usually just try to straighten things out a little bit before we serve it. A tuning fork you got there? That's pretty cool. Okay, little tweezers. <laughs> yeah, usually it might need a little bit of adjusting some pepperonis and stuff, so... All right, we're going to do a quick taste, um, and we'll come back in about a minute uh, and discuss. Second time I've had this pizza because I was here obviously two days ago. It's interesting, you say, you know, you're not trying to do New York style pizza. From afar, looking at it from three or four feet away, yeah, it looks like a New York pizza because it's so wide. 
and because there's a pronounced heel and there's the, it's shorter in the middle. But it, it really is not a New York pizza at all. It's a thin, large, wide pie, but it certainly has your own interpretation, right? Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I would never try to do anything authentic to something that isn't really me, you know? So even though I took a ton of inspiration from New York style pizza, there's a lot of other stuff going on there. There's um, a lot of influence, obviously, from the Pizza Shoals, Brian Spangler. He's been, he was inspired more by New Haven style, but uh, there's a lot of like Nancy Silverton kind of inspiration here too. Um, inspiration from, obviously I've, I've mentioned Defara a few times. Your heel, because you've brushed that olive oil and given a little bit of sprinkle of malt and sea salt, it, it's crispy, it's crunchy, it's got a great chew to it. There's a lot of good flavor in the heel. It doesn't need extra garbage like ranch or whatever you want to put on it. I think <laughs> it's fine on its own. Um, and the OBR. Optimal bite ratio here. Every bite is crust cheese sauce topping. Um, I like that you didn't overdo. I've seen those pepperoni cups overdone quite a bit, and that's a really important thing, and this is not overdone. So kudos. Good job. Um, tell me about some of the, and I just love the way this chews. Tell me about some of the other pies. When I was here the other day, you had a white pie with a sesame seed perimeter, which reminded me of Freddy's um, in New York. I haven't seen it that often, but tell me about that pie. Yeah, it was inspired by Best Pizza in Williamsburg. I've, I saw that pie in line for quite a few years and then I finally was able to taste it. And I was just like, I need to do a variation of this. And I wanted to do a white pie, but adding the caramelized onions and the sesame seed crust really takes it to such another level that I thought people would, would love. Um, so yeah, very inspired by it. Best pizza, yeah. You thought about doing like with that crust, because it's sesame seed, doing like a creme fraiche and maybe post-bake with some salmon for your fans of deli have i ever thought about that no <laughs> okay um and what else do you do besides those guys so when we originally started as a pop-up we only had the two pizzas which was the roni which we just had here and the sweet cheeses we also do the original which is kind of our take on a margarita um we have the saucy mama which is um, fennel sausage with mama littles and red onion we do um the brooklyn white which we just were talking about which is it's a white pie with ricotta, caramelized onions, sesame seed crust, finished with parsley, a little bit of garlic on there too. We do do a pizza with pineapple on it. So what we do is we, we buy whole pineapples and we slice them on the slicer. So um, pretty much the whole surface of the pizza has a little bite of pineapple in it, but it's because we slice it pretty thin, it's able to dry out a little bit when you bake it. So it's not super soggy or juicy. So. Because wasn't the, 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 the origin of the pineapple, the ham and pineapple on a pizza, wasn't that in Ontario or in Windsor? It was, yeah. I don't know the history off the top of my head, but it was created, my understanding. Are you a fan of Windsor-style shredded pepperoni? I've only had it on a pizza once. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if if it's my favorite. I, like, I prefer just, you know, Ezo. Yeah, I do too. I do. Delicious pizza. Mike, last question we ask all our guests on the show. Knowing what you know now about pizza making, what would you have told your younger self a couple years ago before you opened up your place um, to be successful? I don't know if I would change anything that I did, to be honest with you. I think I took things very slow and was very calculated and really did reach out to people that inspired me to find out um, some things that would save time in my journey. So yeah, I don't think I would, I would necessarily change anything or give myself any other advice other than just stick to what you're doing and do it for the right reasons, which is because you have a, a true passion for it. Because um, it's pretty hard. Let me just tell you one thing. Um, this pizza is so good. Uh, up until today, um, this morning, I've already eaten pastries and then I went for Vietnamese pho near the SAIC school where I was speaking. And then I went for dim sum at Silver Dragon. Is that called? Yeah. Uh, had the ginger beef. 
and now I'm eating pizza. And I'm eating this whole slice, by the way. It's delicious. When you're in Calgary, come see Mike at Noble Pie. It is fantastic pizza. Definitely under the radar, uh, but not anymore. Uh, the word is out. Mike Lang, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, coming up in two weeks, we're off to Japan. My first pizza interview there on the 38th floor of the gleaming Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Tokyo. It's obviously been a journey of 10 years, and I don't know if that can be shortened, but you know, I would tell myself you know, from the very beginning to go deep dive into Japanese culture and, and learn maybe faster, if that's actually possible. I'll talk with Chef Daniele Casson, creator of the Pizza Bar on 38th. That's in two weeks on November 24th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and rate us, please. Also a reminder, support the show at anchor.fm slash Pizza City. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always. <laughs>